You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Great show for you today. We've got a lot to talk about from Bachelor in Paradise last night. We also got some interviews that took place within Bachelor Nation that I want to go over. Some interesting things that were said. Also want to talk about Dancing with the Stars. I finally watched Monday's episode, and then when I watched Monday's episode, I found out there was a Tuesday episode. So I watched last night's episode last night. So I am all caught up on Dancing with the Stars. I want to give my thoughts on that. We'll get to that momentarily. This podcast is also brought to you by First Leaf Wines. First Leaf makes it simple to discover new wines you'll love. They learn your tastes, then they deliver quality wines right to your door. How many of you listen to this podcast drinking a glass of wine? I mean, if you listen in the morning, I'm guessing you're probably not drinking wine. And if you are, maybe go get that checked out. But I would think this podcast, and even my third Thursday podcast, would go better with a glass of wine. Why not try out First Leaf? You sign up today, you get your first six bottles for $39.95 plus free shipping. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash realitysteve. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash realitysteve to get your first six bottles for $39.95 plus free shipping. Also, this podcast brought to you by Dame Products. You are going to be hearing them basically till the end of time. They've invested a lot of money into this podcast, and I hope you guys check out their site. Check out their new vibrator, The Dip. Whether Dip is your first vibrator or the toy that helps you rediscover what feels good for you, it's designed to be unintimidating and to encourage pleasure exploration without shame. Go to dameproducts.com and use promo code REALITYSTEVE to take 15% off your first order. That's dameproducts.com and use promo code REALITYSTEVE to take 15% off your first order. Now, let's get to talking about last night's episode. One thing I want to clear up from yesterday's episode, thank you to the reader who pointed this out to me. As you know, when I talk for 20 or 25 minutes straight, there's barely any editing in this um, unless I really know and knowingly acknowledge in my head, oh, I just said something and screwed up, verbal screw up. Sometimes I leave even verbal flubs in there. It's just whatever. Um, but you just say things every day for 20 or 25 minutes, and you're going to misspeak sometimes. And yesterday was one of those times, and I didn't even know it until someone pointed it out to me. Yesterday when I was talking about Michael and Danielle and their tragic pasts, and I talked about how Danielle's ex-husband... Um, passed away after 11 years uh, 11 years ago after a drug addiction I said that Michael's ex-wife had died as well obviously she's not his ex-wife she's his late wife and that my mistake on that obviously there was no ill intent there just misspoke you know uh, it happens and obviously it was not uh, malicious in any way but shouldn't have said that it was a bad I didn't realize I said it, like I said, and some uh, listener pointed out, wanted me to correct it, and I absolutely will uh, correct that. should have said uh, late wife. But in talking about Michael and Danielle, again, last night with the editing, I told you in yesterday's podcast, Michael got almost 16 minutes of airtime, which was double pretty much more than anybody else on the show. And it seems like every episode they're focusing on one particular person or one particular storyline, and someone's getting way more screen time than anyone else. Well, and what did I tell you yesterday? Expect Michael and Danielle to probably barely get any screen time tonight because that's the way the show's been going. 
you see somebody on the episode so much, Ashley and Jared, and then the very next episode they were gonzo, basically. And last night, same exact thing. I think Danielle got, was it Danielle or Michael? One of them got two and a half minutes and one of them got under two minutes of screen time last night after the night before where they dominated the episode. So I I get that people are complaining about the edits this season and while they should, it's not like they're giving the same people the ton of screen time every episode. It's just that they've got so many people on the beach now. They've got over 20 there that it's just you have to pick and choose which storylines you're going to focus on. And, you know, last night, what was the edit? Lace ended up winning the screen time last night, but she only had like one or two minutes more than the second place finisher. Last night definitely focused on, you could just see how the edit of the episode was going. It's like, okay, let's focus on Rodney and Eliza establishing their relationship while we shoot to the other side of the beach and we show Lace in the hotel melting down. And let's shoot... Shanae and Tyler making out in the pool while we go to the other side and we go back to the beach and Logan is on a date with Sarah making out in the ocean. It was just all that where they would just intersperse clips of one couple making out while the other one was giving an ITM. Obviously, they focused a lot on Jill. Jill crying and not wanting to come out of her room and just pining over Jacob while he's tonguing down Kate who's straddling him in the pool. Like, that's that's how the whole episode was last night. And it's one thing to focus on it, and it's one thing to cover it. But when they spend, like, it's it was almost overkill, you know? It's like, how many times do we have to see Jill crying and pining over Jacob? It's like, all it takes is one ITM and one segment to where you're just like, wow, she's really upset because she feels that Jacob's going to leave her, and here's Jacob making out with Kate. Okay. But then it was just constant and constant, and oh, now and now Jill's talking to the girls about it. And just, but it wasn't just Jill; it was the same thing. Lace, and they let Lace come back to the beach at the very end as a cliffhanger to confront Rodney. And you know, the whole thing—it was just—it was almost too much. Not that I'm saying I needed more of Michael and Danielle last night, but to go from 16 minutes of screen time to two—that's what I mean. It's like these editors don't know how to edit a television show anymore. It's just one extreme or the other where they can't just sit down over a two-hour episode and be like, okay, let's map this out and let's give try and give as many people as possible screen time. And they just couldn't do it. It certainly looks like Casa Amor or the Switch, whatever you want to call it, really backfired on them on the women's side because the guys are just like, hey, more women, sweet. You know, Logan's making out with Sarah in the ocean and... Jacob can't keep his hands off Kate and Andrew's, you know, getting with Eliza yet you go to the women and they're sitting around and five guys are introduced to them and maybe a few cracked a smile that they saw the guys, you know, it was just, and then, you know, Rick and Olu are sitting there and they're trying to get the women's attention and the women look bored. The women are even talking about like, you know, And, hey, it might mean that these women were a lot more into their relationships than they were with the new guys. That's fine. But it just kind of shows that whatever plans they had for this switch-up was pretty one-sided because that wasn't good TV, 
and you kind of feel bad for the guys that were brought in because it's almost like they had no chance. Outside of Tyler, is Olu getting any time? Is Rick getting any time? Is Adam, the guy from Bachelor Australia, getting any time? No, no, and no. And then who was the fifth guy? I already forgot. Oh, Alex. Yeah, he'll go on a date with Victoria Fuller next week, but we already know the ending to Victoria Fuller's story, so Alex isn't going to be long for this show. So the whole thing seemingly did not work out maybe the way they wanted it to. I want to go back real quick to Michael and Danielle because Ashley and Jared did an interview yesterday with Us Weekly. And, you know, they took to Michael and Danielle's defense. And in this interview, Jared said, I'm for Danielle and Michael. I think at the end of the day, Sierra is a fantastic person and I love her so much. From what we gathered when we were down on the beach, it was more so that Michael maybe didn't feel it with Sierra. It was more about his connection with Sierra than it was he's not ready for a relationship. And Ashley chimed in. And initially, like before we got to talk to Michael about that, I was like, oh, I guess he's leaving too because he's probably realizing this is not for him. But then the next day we talked to him and he was like, no, it's not that. It's just that I knew that it wasn't going to be a long-term thing. Okay. Totally understand why Ashley and Jared are siding with Michael and Danielle. They know they're still together, so they're going to defend them. But the other thing is, while that is true, that's not necessarily what Michael conveyed to Sierra. Because if Sierra is still tweeting about this four months later and she's confused, clearly what he told her when he bol- when he bolted or when she bolted or what made her bolt um, wasn't clear enough because she still is kind of confused. And... I think Jared, what he said was right. I mean, we could all see it. It was, he wasn't into Sierra, but what Jared is leaving out, or he wasn't as into Sierra and didn't see anything long-term with it. What Jared is leaving out is, and this is what Michael, I think, needs to address maybe at some point, but maybe he doesn't give a shit. I don't know. But the thing is, we knew, and Michael knew that Danielle was coming. So, it's very hard as a viewer to sit here and be like that had that played absolutely no role into why he didn't feel a connection with Sierra. You know? He knew she was coming and he can't claim that he didn't have any clue whatsoever because they already said on the show that they spoke and DM'd and, you know, as friends, but that just means there's no way he didn't know she was coming. And while he very much could have felt that way about Sierra to where he didn't see it long-term. As a viewer, we're sitting here and like, yeah, you kind of, because you had it in the back of your head, you knew Danielle was coming, so you didn't want to open up to Sierra as much as you did. That's all. And, you know, Ashley and Jared did not address that part in, in the interview that they did. And they even, you know, talked about um, people saying that uh, the timing was way too coincidental, and they bring Danielle down right when Michael's about to leave, and they're like, yeah, guys, this is a TV show. And then Ashley says, they will protect the people that we want to see there and who we want to see their storyline continue to evolve, and Michael A. is one of those people. Like, Ashley and Jared basically admitting what we've all known since the very beginning, that Michael's a teacher's pet on the show. Like, he is somebody that they are going to protect. And when you want to do a television show and you want to make the audience believe like things happen organically, you can't have former alumni saying 
they are they are protecting people that you want to see because you're kind of giving away the secrets there. And he literally just said Michael A. is one of the people that they're protecting. So not that we all couldn't see that with our own two eyes, but to hear it come straight from alumni's mouth who were down there during filming, it doesn't really help the show's stance that, oh, well, you know, we're just, just seeing what happens. Turn the cameras on, and it's just there's nothing organic about what's happening down there. And Ashley and Jared kind of just exposed it. Now, in other Ashley news, the Ashley and Ben's Almost Famous podcast had Cassie on. And um, it was on this week. I didn't know about it. Obviously, I read the story on Us Weekly, and I got the direct quote from Cassie. Because I don't listen to that podcast. I don't listen to many podcasts that are related to The Bachelor unless it's something where I need to listen to the whole thing to pull context and whatever. We know that Tino is going to be on Nick's podcast tomorrow. That's obviously going to be a major part of what I talk about on Friday. But Cassie was on Ben and Ashley's podcast. And we've never heard Cassie, Cassie actually address the Colton situation in terms of him coming out as gay. And the only thing he said was on Caitlin's podcast, when she went on that, she said she found out when everybody else did. But she never gave her opinion on it. She never said how she felt. Well, she gave somewhat of an answer. And she said, I feel this is a very loaded question. I'm very happy that he is, you know, at peace with himself and not carrying that burden anymore, of course. It was a very just overall hard time for me. So I feel like there was just one thing after another. I was just extremely overwhelmed with everything going on. It's basically what she said on the podcast. And that's, you know, this is somebody that was stalked by him. And this is somebody that was in a relationship with him, stalked by him, had to file a restraining order against him. And she's saying, I'm very happy that he is at peace with himself, not carrying that burden around anymore. And I'm glad to hear Cassie say that because there are a certain faction of people on the internet where if you mention Colton's name and yet you can't talk about, you can't say anything positive about Colton in regards to him coming out without then throwing it to, but he stalked somebody. That's where you, you know, that's where you kind of lose people because I'm able to separate the two. What he did to Cassie was horrible. Nobody's ever going to dispute that. She fucking had to file a restraining order against him. Obviously, that's terrible, but you're allowed to say, I'm glad Colton was able to come out as tough as it was for him and as much as a burden as it would have been on him and was on him for his life. You're allowed to say, I'm glad he got through that because that must have been very hard for him without f- having to follow it up with. But yeah, what an asshole for um, treating Cassie the way he did. Like we all know that that's accepted that he was a complete jerk off for what he did and stalking her the way he did. But you're allowed to have a conversation to talk about the other thing that had nothing to do with the stalking part. And even that, even these last two minutes that I just said, I guarantee someone's going to twist it and say, reality Steve says Colton doesn't, doesn't, you know, doesn't deserve criticism for it. No, it's not what I'm saying at all, but somebody will twist it that way because that's what people do. You literally have the woman that filed a restraining order against him saying she's happy that he's at peace with himself or not carrying that burden anymore. So if she can say it, I can say it. And many other people can say it without being called some sort of Colton apologist. Nobody's a Colton apologist, but we're allowed to separate the two things that happened. One, he came out. 
Two, there was a restraining order filed against him against Cassie for him stalking her. Two completely separate incidents. And two completely separate things that happened. And that's the first we've ever heard Cassie talk about it. So that was interesting because nobody's ever known how she felt. She found out. She told Caitlin on her podcast, found out when everyone else did. But this was her first like comment and her opinion about him coming out. And it, it's good to hear uh, that she said that. I didn't think she'd ever criticize him for it. Like, oh, yeah, really using it for publicity or whatever. I didn't think she was ever going to say that. But the fact she has commented on it, I think, was uh, was interesting. And that that was on Ben and Ashley's podcast on Monday. So I'm glad people can at least separate the two. Well, I think most people can. There is a certain faction of the Internet that absolutely can't. And that's just that's just wrong. Like it, you don't have to jump down somebody's throat every time Colton's name is mentioned. You know, he did a horrible thing. We know this. It was awful what he did to her. And obviously it didn't happen to me. I can only imagine how she felt going through all that. She kind of touched on it on that podcast. She was extremely overwhelmed with everything going on, but she's able to separate it and still say, you know what though? I am happy that he's at peace with himself and not carrying that burden anymore, which most people should be for anybody who had to deal with holding something like that in for as long as Colton did going on three dating shows where he's trying to date women when he knew deep down who he was, you know, that had to not, that, that definitely had to have been easy, but that doesn't make someone a Colton apologist just to say that sentence. I, I just, I don't understand people who, who do that. And finally, just want to wrap up with some dancing with the stars. <laughs> I finally watched uh, the two episodes this week. I didn't even know there were two. Why'd they do two? I understand Monday was very emotional and they, you know, Selma, I talked about it yesterday. Selma had to bow out of the competition due to health reasons. And that episode was, you know, they always have that theme at some point during the season, you know, best year of my life or most memorable year of my life. And it's always something usually very either traumatic or emotional to them. And, and then they followed it up with a fun one last night with the theme of prom, which was really funny because Charlie literally just had prom three months ago. And, uh, or, Char- yeah, Charlie had prom like three or four months ago. It's just like all these other people, her mom's going back to her prom from the, from the 90s, and Wayne Brady's talking about prom in the 90s. My prom was 1993. Uh, the ending song I'll never forget was End of the Road by Boys to Men. I mean, I... I remember everything about my prom. I remember pretty much everything about high school. <laughs> I can't tell you what I had for dinner three nights ago, but I can pretty much recite anything that happened to me in high school. Uh, but yeah, I um, it was just funny seeing Charlie, and Charlie talk about a prom that happened four months ago. But Gabby got the first perfect score of the season, and then Wayne got it after her. Uh, Charlie got two tens and two nines, and you know. I said it after the first episode. Your final three are going to be Wayne, Charlie, and Gabby. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Nobody's even going to come close. It's just a matter of who's going to win. And, I, you know, look, it's t- it, if they're really going by voting, I'm guessing the 147 million people that follow Charlie on TikTok are, if you combine Gabby's followers and Wayne's followers, 
Charlie probably has a hundred times more than them. You know, it's just, if we're really going off voting and we're supposed to take it at face value, there's no way Charlie doesn't win. She is the best dancer and she has the biggest following with that said, you know, this is a television show and they like storylines and Charlie has been the best dancer from day one. So it's very hard for her to, I guess, improve over the course of two and a half months, three months. Whereas someone like Gabby is getting better and better. And, you know, they were great on their first dances as well. But there's room for improvement with Gabby. There's room for improvement with Wayne. And Charlie just seems to kill every dance she does. And it's like, okay, we're just getting the same thing from her every week, which is almost close to perfection. So, but if we're really choosing a winner on this show based on votes, Charlie should win. It shouldn't even be close. We don't ever see the voting results and how close it is and who gets what votes, but I got to think Charlie's going to win. My guess is Gabby comes in second and Wayne will get third. Just a guess. But I mean, watching all of them dance, I mean, they are, this is one of the better casts they've had in a while. Like I thoroughly enjoy almost everyone on this cast. There's nobody. I think Vinny's, you know, Vinny's Vinny. I don't, I'm, I've never been a huge fan of the whole Jersey Shore thing, but he's fine. Um, Jesse James Decker, right? She's, she's fine. I mean, everybody, there's nobody on there that I'm just like, what? You know, because these casts are pretty much all the same every season. You got Disney people, you got Bachelorette people, you've got pro, you know, you got the ringers like Charlie, you've got comedians, you know, someone from the ABC network that's of an older person like Sam Champion was like, it's just the same kind of people on the show every year. And then, um, but yeah, just a very, very, very likable cast. And I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying this season. I really am. Um, and three top solid dancers. Hell, even Trevor Donovan, I'm enjoying watching him. I obviously watched 90210 the second coming of 90210 and I remember his character Teddy and I I was like what happened to that guy I mean it was just when he was announced on this cast I was like oh yeah that guy from 90210 I haven't seen him literally since 90210 ended and you know you just you watch his intro packages and you're like wow you know interesting story and everybody's got a good story and um yeah totally enjoying the show I hope you are too but this is going to be an interesting final Uh, to say the least. I mean, they're already giving out 10s right now, and we're in week, what, six? Like, it's going to be news when Gabby and Wayne and Charlie don't get 10s. I mean, they really have to screw up to get four nines or just have just an off night Um, because if we're in week six and they're pulling 10s, that means they're going to get 10s the rest of the season. So, um, but check it out if you haven't watched it. It's really good this season. Uh, Thank you all for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Again, we'll be back tomorrow. I have a Thursday podcast with an old-school Bachelor contestant. They were on Bachelor and Bachelor Pad. You don't want to miss that one. And plus, we'll have the Daily Roundup tomorrow. Hopefully, have some more news for you in regards to uh, the Bachelor filming. I am going to throw out some teasers tomorrow on Bachelor filming, so look for that in the Daily Roundup. So, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. See you!